Excuse us for a moment while we pause to view an advert from one of our sponsors. They help to keep these podcasts going. We'll be right back. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. G'day everyone and it's Mike Holt here again with my old mate Peter. How are you mate? I'm going too bad the old fella. That's good. Enough of the old fella if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we get a bit of that after this. That's true. As long as there's still a few bits hanging together, we'll continue to grow old. Anyway. It's a privilege, not a right, so there you go. That's right. Mate, you and I have been working on some serious legal documents, lady, for the courts, and one of them that really caught my eye was the Queen Victoria's Letters patent, and there's quite an interesting story to that. So why don't you start off? Well... In 1900, Queen Victoria gave instructions to then-Governor-General to establish a Commonwealth with one judicial system all answerable to the Governor-General. The first order that the new Governor-General disobeyed. He did not do that. And this is part of the reason we're having all sorts of problems today with our legal system, with the little states thinking that they're God Almighty or the King himself or whatever they want to call themselves. Basically, it's a dog's dinner. Now, in the initial letters patent, every judge could be complained about to the Governor-General and the Governor-General could then ask him to show cause why he should not be removed from his office. Now, they've arrogated to themselves what's called a sovereign immunity, but they're not the sovereign. It's actually treason to pretend to be the king, and that's what they're doing. And this is the root radical cause of most of the problems that Australia is suffering today. For example, carbon dioxide is a plant food. It's not a greenhouse gas, although it, they do put it in the greenhouse because it makes plants grow extra well, but it's a plant food. It's essential as fertilizer. And if we had a decent court system and some decent people to argue that carbon dioxide is a plant food, not a pollutant, then this collective insanity that we call climate change, or basically blamed on carbon dioxide, would go away. At this stage, we're living in a country basically without a rule of law at all. Mm. We've got high court quite happy to take it upon themselves to refuse the king's prerogative writ. Now, they shouldn't be doing this, but they did it to you, and they did it to me, and they did it to at least two other people that I know of. And this is treason. This is crime carrying 25 years jail. They don't care because they think they've got the game sewn up. And fortunately, we've got a National Anti-Corruption Commission that is taking complaints from ordinary people like you, me, Mrs. Brown, Mrs. Black and Mrs. Green, and Johnny come lately if he wants to come too. And look, so long as the Anti-Corruption Commission is clearly shown where the corrupt conduct is, I believe they're going to have a good, hard look at it and make serious recommendations. At this stage, they are able to review registrars, but they've put a little bit of a protection racket around judges. Now, judges who sit on their own are administrative people. That's all they are, they're administrators. Now, 
Every one of them has been in breach of Queen Victoria's letters, paid, arrogating to themselves judicial power when they can't have it. Because since 1980, Australia's had an international covenant on civil and political rights as part of our law. And it's enacted as law. And in South Australia in particular, they've got an administrative function, foreign instruments, bracket act, that says if there's a foreign instrument being incorporated into Australian law, administrative bodies must adhere to it. Now, the international covenant is an international instrument absolutely incorporated into Australian law and the legal system, the legal profession, and the judges and magistrates all drawn from it in denial. But they're going to have to stop because I think the National Anti-Corruption Commission is going to have to point out to them that Article 9 of that bans arbitrary decisions, arbitrary judgments. An arbitrary decision is a decision made by one person over another. Now, if we're all equal before the law, and you're equal to a high court judge, and a high court judge is equal to you, which they will deny, oh, it couldn't possibly be so. Well, the aristocrats of this country you know all the chap. It's just time that these people started to wake up to the fact that we are part and under the Constitution of Australia, and the International Covenant became part of that when the Parliament of the Commonwealth enacted it under Section 5 of the Constitution. Now that's it, but they're in denial at this stage. Three strikes and they're out. I've got my three strikes against the High Court. And this weekend I'll probably put together another complaint to the National Anti-Corruption Commission. Short NACCA, NACA, for sure. So maybe the NACA will get them. We used to have a saying when you and I were young, Peter, and that was, I'm going to NACA you, which meant <laughs> I'm going to basically kill you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And, and I think they're probably knackered, actually. Yeah. I, I think that the, the reign, the tyrannical reign of the High Court, which started in 1952. 1952, the then government lost the Communist Party case. And to get even, they importuned is the word I use, because that's what corrupt people do. They importune people in power. They importuned the High Court to make a rule of court called Order 58, Rule 4, Sub-Rule 3. Now, that allowed a registrar to make an ex parte application to a judge without notice to the plaintiff, and the judge was then would then make an order refusing to allow the document to be filed. Now, if you can't get into the court, the king is dead. He might as well be dead because it's of no use to anyone. It's about as useful as the tits on a ball peak, while the uh, people that are controlling the court will not issue his prerogative writs. They're not their prerogative writs, they're his prerogative writs. And we're entitled to a king. We are entitled to a king until such time as we, by referendum, decide we don't want him anymore. I think that's what they're trying to do. So bring him into such hatred and disrepute, which was seditious, a seditious intention, until 2007 or eight, I think, the lawyers got together with the Law Reform Commission and said, our sedition's out of date, we don't need that anymore. That's exactly what the High Court is doing, deliberately bringing the sovereign into hatred and contempt by refusing to allow people to seek and obtain his prerogative writ from them. There is delegate. And that's the problem. And I think it's a part of the treason statute is that if you see a crime about to be committed, you've got to do everything you can to stop it. And I've drawn this to the attention of these people. 
And if they still persist, the law says you have to notify a constable. Just a constable, not a not the commissioner, not the police, just a constable or someone in authority. So And that's about to happen, do, isn't it? What we need to do is write to every politician and draw their attention to it. Now I'm sure somehow or other we can find a list with the email of every politician in Australia on it. I've seen them. I've got it. I used to have one, but I don't have it anymore. But um, that's what we need. And every politician in Australia needs to be made aware of this Section 80 of the Criminal Code Act. And if they don't do anything about it, then they're attainted of treason and they're not entitled to sit in the Parliament of the Commonwealth. They've got to be disqualified. Okay. Let's go back to the root of the problem, which was the Queen Victoria's letters patent. And you can see here that part of the letters patent in Article 1 says that the person who shall fill the said office of Governor-General shall be from time to time appointed by commission under our signed manual and signet. The current Governor-General does not have that. Therefore, he is not a true Governor-General. He's employed by the Parliament, correct? He's appointed by the Parliament has selected him, and that is true. And in that regard, he is almost certainly sitting in treason. Mm. He's not sitting as representative of the sovereign, but as representative of the parliament, and that's not according to the rule book. Correct. Okay, let's get back out there again to the same document. So Article 2 says there'll be a great seal of our said Commonwealth. They don't use that seal here. This is the proper seal under the coronation crown and the shield for the, the crown, and then these are the six states. But that's Yeah, that's right. And they're all under the crown. Right. One crown. Not nine crowns, one crown. Hmm. And what happened in history to change that? They've just gone and done it, but because Menzies nobbled the High Court in 1952, anyone concerned about that sort of thing just can't get a jacket or a guernsey or a set of football boots to go into the High Court and argue it or whatever and kick some goals. You just can't do it because they won't let you play in their mud puddle. That's a big problem because I've just filed an appeal in the Supreme Court and if they don't accept that, then I have to go to the High Court. And if they don't let me in, I'm going to be very upset. And rightly so. The abolition of appeals to the Privy Council was done without the required referendum. And this is part of the problem. The High Court, in practical terms, think they're the king of Australia. Now, there are seven-headed king, and four of them are women and three of them are men. And they should, in all decency, either resign or start issuing prerogative writs in the name of the king without any qualification. Peter, let's go back out again to the third article here. This is very important, and this is what I pointed out in my trial. The Governor-General may constitute and appoint in our name, that's Queen Victoria's name or her heirs and successors, and on our behalf, all such judges, commissioners, justices of the peace and other necessary officers and ministers of our said commonwealth as may be lawfully constituted or appointed by us now it says now the, the us is a very interesting adjective used there in that context us that's a plural word you know what the us represents yeah that we the people no it doesn't really it represents the father son and the holy spirit ah and that's the us and that's what reposes in the king. Now, we almost have to christen the high court, the Church of Satan and Latter-day Demons, unless they start issuing prerogative writs as of right to the people of Australia in the name of the king. True. So, Peter, 
What does this mean for everybody in Australia, the members of our Commonwealth of Australia, not the Republic of Australia, but our Commonwealth of Australia under our constitution, under the Crown of England? How does that work? The wealth of Australia is enormous. I think it's 21 trillion as far as I'm aware. And that's about 700,000 for every man, woman and child in a place. And that's a 10% of the in-ground value mm. of our natural resources. That's not counting our farming and our industry and all the rest of it. Now, we're being robbed blind and uh, sooner or later, this house of cards that they've built themselves has to come tumbling down. And I'm not sure that it's not going to happen sooner rather than later. The present world situation with regard to the United States dollar is very wobbly. We're tied to the US dollar. We're down to about 66 cents, I think, at the moment. I know it went as low as 44 at one stage. But the introduction of a gold-backed world currency appears to be well and truly underway. Russia... India, China, South Africa and Brazil apparently are spearheading this what's called BRICS, which is setting to throw a gold brick through the American fiat petrodollar. Saudi Arabia signed up to it. Iran is signing up to it. And Saudi Arabia and Iran have more or less made peace with each other over this. And a lot of African countries have signed up and more and more people are signing up all the time. And this last I heard, there were about 25 countries involved. Is that correct? No, no, it's nearly more like 80 now. Is it really? Dear me, yeah, I'm out of <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the, the Americans have lost some of what they call their hegemony. It used to be the top dog currency in the world, but it's not anymore. And they've been swapping the yuan for gold, it's gold back, the Chinese yuan, and the Russian ruble apparently is gold back. And, uh, I think we're probably going to see a fairly exciting end of the year. I agree. The stock market and the digital currency markets at the moment are in free fall. I think the real estate market is about to go way, way down. Everything is collapsing, and that means that we're going to have a financial collapse, and then it'll start rebuilding, but much different. Well, the number of banks that have collapsed far exceeds what happened in 2008. Now, 2008, they were able to more or less cobble together a deal to keep the US dollar more or less as the world reserve currency. But uh, the United States made a fairly serious error in deciding that they were going to use Ukraine to bleed Russia dry. But what's happened is it's made Russia stronger and uh, Ukraine has lost horrendous numbers. Now, mm. our media, unfortunately, is not telling the truth about Ukraine. It's there. It's out there if you want to go looking for it. But the Ukrainians, basically like 10-year-old boy fighting a grown man, they're flinging themselves at him and smashing themselves to bits. It's only a matter of time before they'll get knocked down and they won't get up again. And that's probably not too far away. Yeah. So let's get back to Queen Victoria's letters patent. Now, these letters patents are issued or supposed to be issued by the reigning monarch to the Governor General. So when was the last time that actually happened? Oh, look, in 1984, Bob Hawke made a homegrown one. He got a bunch of emu eggs and threw them in a pot and whipped it into a bloody omelette and said, there's our new lettuce patent, Mr. Governor-General, have that. And in 2008, Kevin Rudd did the same thing. So 
The abolition of Queen Victoria's letters pay is basically sabotaged by the Labor Party. But the real damage was done by Menzies and the Liberals back in 1952 and when they closed the doors of the High Court. We haven't had a federal Supreme Court since 1952. We've had a controlled opposition court and controlled by a registrar and a judge. Now, a single judge under the Australian Constitution cannot exercise the judicial power of the Commonwealth because Parliament in Section 79 said there must be a prescribed number. The prescribed number for the High Court is three. Mm. So one doesn't cut the master. So how can we use this knowledge now to get back on track? We've got to find some senators that raise it as privilege in the Senate and constitute the Senate as the High Court of Parliament. It's been decided and accepted by the High Court that the Parliament is a higher court than it is. This was a contempt case in 1955, Ray Richards, ex-parte Fitzpatrick and Brown. And Parliament sentenced a journalist and his friend to three-month jail for basically calling a member of Parliament some nasty names. We could all be guilty of that. But this was a particularly scurrilous attack on this parliamentarian. And the Parliament pulled these blokes in front of the Parliament, tied them, and convicted them, and they locked them up. And uh, that went to the High Court. They challenged it in the High Court, and the High Court said, yes, the Parliament can do that, and they still can. But this is going to have to be something that our senators are going to have to do, and if they don't, it's a case of do your business or get off the seat. Well, I will be getting in touch with Senator Rennick to have a chat with him. I've already been in touch with his office and they've been very helpful for me in my case. But I think we need to, as you say, we need to get this into the Senate and let's get this out in the open because if we don't have a properly constituted Governor-General, we have no law. We're governed by a bunch of criminals and basically they are traitors to Australia. They're they're guilty of treason. Yes. Treason's the word. That killed the sovereign. The poor old king's dead. He might be walking around, but he's a dead man walking. And that's the problem. We haven't got a living, breathing king with any power. He may be a bit like, you know, a bull walks into a cattle yard and loses a couple of things and he walks out of steer. I'm afraid that's what the king is. We can do things here to get our country back on track. And that's what you and I are trying very hard that's to do. That's what we're trying to do, yeah. But we're doing it in good faith, so we're pretty, pretty accepted they're victimising you and that shouldn't be happening. But let's see what the Court of Appeal in Victoria does with what you've put in front of them. Yeah, it's a pretty good appeal, mate. You've done a fantastic job helping me with that. Thank you. Oh, it's a team game. No man is an island, they used to say. That's right. All right, Peter, thank you very much for your advice again. I'm sure that people will find this very useful because... Yes, particularly some magistrates and judges who might consider that their future is not too bright when they consider 268.12 Criminal Code Act 1995 imposes 17 years jail for not obeying Article 9 of the International Covenant, which bans arbitrary judgments, the key word being arbitrary. In other words, the opinion or whim or whimsicalness of one man. Or woman. As happened. Uh, in you always have to have the, the lesser, the greater with the lesser. Yeah. In my trial, it was a woman judge and she made unilateral decisions without resorting to the law. She's got a big problem because Victoria Constitution 1975 says that English law applies to the administration of justice in Victoria. Now, part of the English law was a feigned issue. I don't know if you know, if anyone know what a feigned issue is. 
The framed issue was a way to have a jury decide as fact whether a law was within the Constitution or not. Now, it's still in force in Queensland, it's still legislated, it still can be used in Queensland, although the cartel that is the legal profession doesn't want you to use it and the judges won't let you use it, but it's still in force there, it's still there. We've just got to keep hammering away and the more people will put this to the judges and magistrates, the better things are going to be for everyone. Absolutely. So if anybody out there watching this video has a, a serious case going on, please get in touch with us. You can email me at mikeh at commonlaw.earth and uh, we'd love to hear what you've got going on if you are willing to go to court and fight the, the good fight with us. We need people with the guts and the determination to go to court and keep on going to court until we break down the barriers and get back truth. We've got to get our equality back just because they're trying to make original Australian a superior ruling class by a voice referendum. I mean to say that those of us who came here a little bit later in history haven't got rights too. We do have rights and it's up to us to stick up from and fight for them. Exactly. So if you're willing to join the fight, please let me know. And Peter and I would love to have a chat with you. We need you. It's the more the merrier. This is a case where the more the merrier. Yeah. All right, Peter, thank you. And thank you, Australia. Hope to hear from you all soon. Bye. Peak Dawn is proud to announce the launch of a series of online learning courses that have been developed in collaboration with common law expert Mike Holt. So if you want to learn about how to protect your rights, what common law is, or indeed the depth of common law courts and how you can use them in your local community to seek justice. Look for the advertising on commonlaw.earth or commonlaw.education.